0: So I don't know if this is true for you or not. I mean, you'll have to tell me. Uh, We'll get a chance. I'm sure we'll see each other again someday, somewhere. But remember when you were a little kid and you had this brilliant moment, this insight, this snapshot into the understanding of the world and physics as we know it, and you thought, hey, wait a minute. If they could invent a machine that generated electricity, then you could power the machine with the electricity that it generated. Hey, everybody. Todd Conklin, Pre Accident Investigation Podcast. What is this? Yeah, podcast. Yeah, this is a podcast. It's hard to keep up with stuff. And uh, I'm so glad you're here. And I wanted to uh, see how you're doing, checking in and making sure everything's all right. I just got back from a major uh, adventure, kind of. I mean, sort of a, it was a uh, socially distanced major adventure but we uh, rented an rv mark and carol and i and we rented an rv and we drove around new mexico and we sort of looked at stuff we'd never seen before and i did something really interesting i uh i i went to white sands national park which m- some of you might have been there it's really quite austere that place it's uh i would imagine it must be what like the surface of the moon is like and uh rode around on bicycles for a whole day there, and just saw lots of interesting things and had a great time and Now I'm back. It was quick, and it was uh it was masky. I wore a mask, and I did all the stuff you're supposed to do, and it felt kind of nice to get out a little bit and and wander around, but uh it's really nice to be back in home and hanging out with you guys, so that's good as well i mean that that's that's quite the adventure. When you think about it, 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 there's lots to this story. The vehicle that we rented, we rented a big RV and uh, it almost immediately was having some kind of transmission sensor problem. And once it downshifted into granny low, it would not shift back out without basically stopping the vehicle and starting again, kind of a hard reboot, if you will. Not that interesting of a feature in a vehicle. Because uh, every time you came to a hill, you had to go through this whole imagined operational formality, stop, restart, go, pray, complain. You know the deal. But we made it through. I mean, it was a good time, but lots of uh, interesting stuff to see. It's it's amazing how much stuff's around your house that you don't go and see just because it's around your house. I mean, you know, I'll fly to someplace exotic and look at cool stuff. But driving an hour and a half, I don't know, maybe I should check my mail. You know, you get into sort of the habit. And I I do think that's always kind of a problem. And it's really a function of, I guess, you're biased to the location you're at. And you're biased in a way that you like the location. At least, hopefully, you like the location you're at. But you also probably don't think of visiting things as a full-blown adventure. It's kind of like if you move houses. And you uh, move across the country or across the street. Across the country is probably going to be an easier move. Because if you're just moving across the street, then what happens is you don't formally plan the operation. And so you you basically take one salt shaker, one spoon at a time across the street, and it takes you way longer. It's the same, same phenomenon. I don't know what that's called. We'll have to sort of determine what that phenomenon is called. You guys get on that. Let's make up a a very academic sounding name for that. And we'll write a book that that'll be the project that we'll do. So that'll be a kind of an interesting way to see the world. Other than that, um, it's been pretty crazy. The fires that are raging along the West coast are amazing. The weather along kind of the Southern Eastern coast of the United States has been amazing. Um, it's, uh, it's really a time if you want to deal with crisis and capacity to be alive, because it's not a case study, it's real. And you're getting a chance to see how flexible, how resilient a system is. And you're also unfortunately getting to see places where systems are brittle and they break. And the combination of that information in real time, in real life is kind of scary. I mean, it's, there's no question about it. It's a, it's a little bit frightening. The good news, I think, is that the belief somehow that the future is uncertain is really made more palatable by the realization that the future's always been uncertain. And so I would guess we've never been able to control the future before. We certainly can't control the future now. We're just getting an opportunity to test our 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 really our resilience, our, our robust and resilient response to how events happen. And that's, um, that's a big part of what's going on. And you really see it as it relates to doing work. And you guys are deep in the middle of it, no matter where you are on the globe. You're in a position where you're constantly now in a position where you have to adapt. You have to look at changing in ways that allow you to be successful, to do the work you want to do, but to do it in a way that you've never done it before, which really is kind of the definition of ambiguity. Doing something you've never done before puts you in a system that's rather ambiguous at best. I just got off a meeting with the, uh, with the planning people. It was a speaker meeting. I don't know what it was really called. But with the planning people who are doing the HPRCT meeting that's coming up in a couple of weeks, and perhaps some of you guys are going to it. If you want to go to it, you, you still can it's available and you just i guess google hprct conference and it'll give you all the details cuz i don't really know any even though i said to the meeting but but it was interesting to hear the people talking about giving presentations over the computer and having a conference through zoom or teams or whatever process they're going to use that is really a test of adaptability But what it really is, if you press me, is really the agile response to the current context. And I think about it, well, I thought about it in that HPRCT speaker meeting, but I really think about it in the way everything is being done and the way things are dramatically changing. And really what is important is not the change. What's important is how we're prepared to have the change, how we learn to adapt. And it, I think, it goes without saying that the idea that we adapt, learn, micro-experiment, and then change as needed is really an important component of the overall capacity that we talk about. It's really the idea between work is imagined and work is done—the black line and the blue line. But what it really is 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 a very large example spread throughout the entire organization from the tippy top to the bitty bottom of people adaptively sense, making the world around them and creating context, creating outcomes based upon how that works. And that kind of leads to the podcast for today because the podcast for today, I've really wanted to talk about for a long time with you guys. And it's the idea that there are no perpetual motion engines. And I I don't want to break, I should have been more gentle when I said that. I, I want to break this to you as softly and as kindly as I possibly can. And in fact, the teaser, the introduction for this podcast is about the idea of a perpetual motion engine. I mean, you picked up on that pretty early and those don't exist and they don't exist because physics won't allow them to exist. And remember, science always bats last. Science always wins the argument. And physics is really a powerful, powerful force, right? It's how the world operates. You guys know that. Lots of you know that, and you know in a long time. But because there are no perpetual motion engines in the world, I think we can draw some conclusions based upon what we've been through the last eight months and really understand that there are no perpetual organizations, or perpetual work groups, or perpetual workflows, or perpetual work designs that we're constantly, constantly in a battle with entropy. Every system is moving slowly towards degradation. Every system is slowly dying. Every organization is slowly dying. Every process is slowly dying. That's, that's how this works. And it works that way because we know that's true because of science, because of physics. And so organizations are constantly forced, whether they want to or not, to reinvent themselves. And this was true before the pandemic and the subsequent crisis that happened throughout this pandemic. It'll be true after the pandemic. And your organization is constantly in a process of reinvention because it will not perpetually function the way it does For the rest of time. It just doesn't work that way. That's just not how it works. And I think that's helpful for us. In understanding and managing. Resilience, reliability, safety, environment. The things we do. Because we're at a point now. Whether we want to be or not. But that's really kind of beside the point. We're at a point now. Where we are truly in the process of reinvention. We're in the process Of making sense of the world around us, of developing strategies and creating meaning, right? Those are all kind of heady terms, but that's what we're doing in order to move forward successfully in a world filled with variability and risk. That's what you do. And in fact, that's what you've always done. But it seems more amplified, more heightened, if you will, right now and the encouraging thing about this for those of us that are working with organizations every single day coworkers, friends operations the things we do is that this is both incredibly frightening and incredibly exciting because it really is an opportunity to move forward and to become better whatever better means and it's hard to define better in fact you'll probably be best at defining better for your organization because you're a part of your organization. You're in the context and you're making sense of the world around you. But the opportunity to come out of this stronger and more resilient and more robust, those words kind of need to travel together, is actually really a golden opportunity. It's one that we shouldn't squander and it's one that we should think about. But to get there, We have to let go of the past. We have to understand that what was, was, and what will be, will be. Man, this sounds super, I don't know, philosophical, and I don't really mean it to. I just don't know how else to talk about it other than just to talk about it the way we're talking about it. Your goal is to understand that you're reinventing your organization because there is no perpetual guarantee that your organization will stay the same. And in that process of reinvention, you've really learned a couple important lessons. One is that we have to be very agile. We have to make plans for short term, understanding that part of the capacity we carry into that plan is the ability to change. And what's interesting is that the ability to change is not a weakness. It's not a bug in the system. It's becoming a feature. It's becoming a strength. And organizations that are really good at agilely responding, that's hard to say, right? Responding in an agile way, that's easier to say. Those organizations are actually quite successful. But I know as I say this, that there are other forces, other market forces, global forces, supply chain forces that are impacting your organization from many different directions, economic forces that are impacting your organization and change is happening. We're in a position where we have to understand that the ability to be agile is a capacity. It's one that we want to deliberately have in our system. The second lesson we're learning, which I think is really important is how, valuable a diverse set of opinions are in understanding critical and highly variable changes that are happening in the world around us. So knowing more from more sources is always better than knowing less from one source. And so we're really being asked as leaders in organizations to reach out and to look for diversity of thought, diversity of experience, diversity of worldview, diversity of age, diversity of size, pick whatever diversity you want. They're all pretty much important. And seek that diversity in such a way that it gives us more data quicker from more varied sources within the organization. That takes us to the third thing, which is directly tied to the first two. And this one's probably going to be hardest. And this one I think is worth a lot of time. So think about this as we progress through. But the world in which you live has changed. There are no perpetual organizations. And therefore, the metrics that you're using to understand your world must also change. And you've noticed this because you're working right now. So you notice this, that some of the traditional metrics that were really important to us, oh my goodness, these are the most important metrics in the whole damn world. Some of those metrics are no longer incredibly poignant or valuable or make much sense. Some of them never made much sense, but we can talk about that later, right? We're in a position now where we have to understand our system by actually looking At different indicators weaker signals earlier signals but what I'd suggest is we're in the middle of a great opportunity to move our organization from measuring linear stability to monitoring complex relationships and that difference between measuring and monitoring well that's something we've talked about before on the podcast but it really becomes very poignantly clear that fixed metrics, classic measurements, are pretty good for looking backwards in time, but are not terribly helpful for looking forwards in time. And so we really want to build systems that monitor really the resilience and robustness, the capacity that exists in our processes and operations so that we can move forward knowing we have the ability To do more, or perhaps do less, or stay the same. And if you think about this, if you think about the four pillars of high reliability, or uh, a lot of the work that Eric hall talks about, we've been really talking about moving to the monitoring idea, which is a much different way to look at understanding a system for a long time. Now we're just kind of forced into it. So now the game has to be played in a different way. And then lastly, and I think perhaps most important, at least for me, is the realization how important relationships are to operational success. And and so this idea that we build relationships in order to grease the social skids of our world is a pretty important idea. I mean, that's how friendships are made and peer relationships are made. That's how we move happily through our lives is by building relationships. But it's interesting to think that when crisis increases and variability becomes high and uncertainty is the future, we really rely on each other And the relationships we've built both internally to your organization, so peer relationships, worker-supervisor relationships, relationships inside your organization, and relationships outside your organization. So industry groups, uh, peer relationships in different companies. We are best during uncertainty when we can call on one another. It increases that diversity of thought It helps us gather really quick information and it allows us to build reciprocity, this giving and taking. Really, that idea of reciprocity is pretty important because the defense towards complexity to a great extent is making things transparent. You'll never make a complex system simpler because it's a complex system. But you can make the couplings, the interconnected, the interrelatedness of the complex system more known. And part of the way you do that is through generosity and transparency. Giving and getting freely information from your peers. It's a tough time. There's no hiding that and the world's changed, and you're feeling it. There's no hiding that either. You're feeling it personally. You're definitely feeling it professionally. You're probably feeling it financially, and to a great extent, uncertainty over a long period of time. We're not really equipped as human beings to handle that. We want stability. We want normalcy. We want the world to be predictable. And so right now, if you're feeling the way a lot of the peers and friends that I'm working with are feeling, you're at a point where you kind of wonder what could happen next. And I think it's important to understand that what happens next is a great period of sense making, of determining what's happening, analysis if you will, but that sounds less romantic. And then a reinvention of who we are, who our teams are, and who our organization is. I mean, that's what's happening. And that's where we are on this journey. We're in that position where those changes make the biggest difference. So what can we do? Well, the quick answer is we can support each other. We can be generous, but those are quick and, and a little fluffy, right? I mean, that's, kind of, that's a good thing to say, and it's an incredibly good thing to do. But we can also absolutely understand that change happens quickly and that change is actually a capacity. And when we take a path and get data that tells us that path is not right because the context of our operations have changed, the ability to agilely reframe to micro-experiment a new solution and to solve the problem is really important. And we have to talk to the people who do the work. We have to talk to workers. We have to talk to suppliers. We have to talk to peers and subordinates because we want more information in an ambiguous environment. Because ambiguity tells us We're about to do something we haven't done before. So why don't we test those ideas by talking to people from all walks of life in our organization that can help us understand and maybe in a way potentially predict what the future will become. That's really where we are. And there's lots to talk about. I mean, we'll have lots and lots and lots to talk about, but it feels like this message is important, at least for me to talk about. I don't know if you're even still listening, but it feels like this is something we want to process because this chronic exposure to the environment in which we live, the fact that Europe is blowing back up, the fact that the United States is on fire. I mean, there's just so much going on in the worlds in which we operate. I think it's important for us to understand that the future is uncertain, but it's always been uncertain. Hope that helps. I don't know. It's just some ideas, just kind of blabbing out. I mean, just, just chatting and chitting and talking, but I hope that helps because That's really where we have to be. The world will not continue the way it always has, but that's all right, because there are no perpetual motion machines. Every system is running degraded. And in fact, we're in that world. We get the chance, like it or hate it, to reinvent the world around us. And my guess is, my push is, We ought to build a system that's better, that's more robust, more resilient, more flexible, more reliable. That would be a pretty cool outcome. Keep listening. Tell your friends. There's lots of really cool podcasts coming up, so be ready for that. I mean, I'm pretty excited about all the people that uh, we get to talk to. It's, It's fun having these conversations. And there's lots of cool stuff happening in the world, too, so that makes a difference. So until then, my friends, learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. That seems really important. And for goodness sakes, be safe. So how was that? Did that help any? That's just a little chat I wanted to have around some of the stuff that, um, People are really asking me to talk about a lot and I wanted it to be kind of informal and nice like this. And I hope it helps. But the most important part of this is that I hope it makes you think a little bit about these ideas. And if it does ping me back, tell me what's going on. Tell me what you're thinking, what you're learning, what you're observing because that's pretty cool too. Until then, man, be safe. Don't eat, eat anything bigger in your head. That, that would be important as well.